There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Friday Afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, may I offer my sympathies to begin with to all Liverpool supporters out there. God, that was shock news this morning, wasn't it? Late morning. Jurgen Klopp is leaving Liverpool at the end of the season. He says he's out of steam. He can't go on. He's a huge loss. It's a strange time to announce it as well. But there you go. Life goes on. There will be a new manager. I'm sure they're thinking about that already. What a man he is. Fantastic manager. I'm sure Liverpool fans will hope he goes out in a high by winning the league, a European trophy, the League Cup, the FA Cup. He could win the four of them. They're in all four at the moment. Anyway, that's the big news on the sporting front today. We will be talking sport later on in the afternoon with David Sheehan, of course. And may I begin the show today by giving you an opportunity to win something on late lunch. Tomorrow, there's a huge day of racing at Ferryhouse Racecourse. Yes, there is. The Grade 3 SBK Salarina Hurdle Day is tomorrow. That's a huge race and more besides. I have two pair of tickets to give away. So if you're out there listening to us today, two tickets to two listeners to late lunch to go along tomorrow. If you're a racing fan, great. If you've never been, why not go and enjoy the racing there tomorrow? It'll be a fantastic day. Here's the question for the tickets. On what date will the Irish Grand National take place in Ferry House this year? What date will the Irish Grand National run at Ferry House this year? 1st of April, 1st of May or the 1st of June? 1st of April, 1st of May, 1st of June. Answers to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And we will uh, pick a winner before the end of the show today. Now, let's uh, begin late lunch and head to somewhere in the world. I don't know where, because my first guest is an entrepreneur, philanthropist, adventurer, travel blogger, and more besides. Who, listen to this, has visited every country in the world. Johnny Ward. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Morning, buddy. How you doing? I'm good. Where are you today? I'm based in Thailand. I live in Thailand, so I just got back from the South Pole what, five or six days ago. I'm recovering here. <laughs> the South Pole. You just say it as if you were up the road in Mornington beside us here outside Drada. <laughs> the way you talk about it there. And no wonder, Johnny, every country in the world, you visited everyone. How many are there? There's 197, but I'm actually having to think deeply about it because I'm a Liverpool fan, so I'm also reeling from the news. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, back to the countries. There's 197. <laughs> and uh, I know your mind's now off track altogether. What are you going to do without Jürgen? What are you going to do without those flashing bright white teeth and his actions on the sideline? Oh, no. But listen, life goes oh, on, no. as you know. There will be somebody new, but hopefully he will go out in a high. So 197, you visited them all. How long did it take you to get round the whole lot of them? A while. I, I just turned 40 recently, so I've been working on this whole thing for 
17 years. I wanted to, I was trying to be the first person to visit every country, climb the seven summits and reach North Pole, South Pole. And then just last week I finished that and I started what, 2000, I left UK and, and Ireland when I finished uni in 2007 and I just finished last week so it took a while <laughs> Good on you well this is really timely that we're chatting today I have to ask you this did you get into you did get into North Korea did you? I did yeah do you know North Korea is not as hard as people think there's a lot scarier places than North Korea a very weird place when you're there but it's not that difficult as long as you go through like the government affiliated um, organizations. I mean, you've got bloody, you've got four spies and a, and a North Korean tour guide following you around everywhere, but it's not that hard to get in and it's quite safe when you're in. Mm. It's a very strange place, though. You say it's not the strangest. Where is the strangest you've been? You know, have you ever heard of a country called Turkmenistan in Central Asia? That, that's a very strange place. I have heard of it, but I know little about it at all. What, why strange? Aye. Why do you describe it as such? So it's it's also a closed country, but it doesn't. It, the world's not obsessed with it for some reason. So it goes under the radar. It, it, they've got loads of natural gas, so they should be as rich as Qatar and Norway. But you know how it works with the political leaders. And then it's because it's a closed country. There's a black market, so everyone's getting paid three or four hundred bucks, which isn't much money to live on. But then the government, because they're so rich, they subsidise everything. So like a a burger costs. 50 cents and a can of Coke's five cents. It's a very strange place. And then they've got, because they've got so much natural gas, there's a big crater right in the middle of the country um, that they tried to burn off in 1970 or something, which is what, 50 years ago. And now that crater is referred to as the gates of hell because it's a hu- it's still burning 50 years later and you can go and see it. It's a very strange place. <laughs> and we can't get gas in this end of the world. Oh, just right. ain't a fair planet. It isn't indeed. What what what, <laughs> com- what completed the set for you? What was the final piece of the jigsaw, the final country you visited? The final country was uh, Norway. I went um, six or seven years ago on St. Patrick's Day actually to celebrate that. So I've been saving that one since I got to like country number 100 because I wanted to go a place close to Ireland where my friends and family come and celebrate with me. Right. So that completed the set then. Uh, Other countries that come to my mind, Myanmar. What about Myanmar? You were there too. Again, a place that I'd be fairly, you know, wary of. Uh, It's not in a great state at the moment, but I'm I'm based in in the north of Thailand here. So uh, Myanmar borders us. We do a lot of charity work with the Burmese refugees. So I know it's as a radio station, you've got to be careful. But let's say the government aren't too good to their ethnic minority. So it's a tough place. I think it's actually closed at the moment since this military coup has been kicking off. Mm. But yeah, I went there. I went there with my mum, actually, about six or seven years ago. And it was it it has little periods of of peace when when whatever new coup just happens then normally they have a period of peace for a year or two until it all kicks off again, and I managed to squeeze in then. Is your mother still talking to you, bringing her to me? <laughs> you know, I've taken her to some wild places. I took her to, to Kabul in Afghanistan one time as well. Wow. God almighty, yeah. when you talk about those, all those uh, far-flung places. What about Central America? I was actually watching Kevin McLeod last night on Channel 4. He's doing this series where he's, uh, it, it's a repeat, but he's gone out to uh, meet people from this neck of the woods, Ireland, England, who are living in strange places in the world. And he was in, huh. Bel- in Belize, one of the most dangerous yeah. countries in the world. You were there. Yeah. You were there, yes. I was, yeah, I was there. There's a... There's an island off the coast of Belize called Key Culker, which is kind of nice. It's like a tourist place. But Belize City, which is where I flew into, is like a real hotspot. It's awful. These kind of places, I don't know if you've ever seen a movie um, about 20 years old, show my age here, uh, called Pitch Black by Vin Diesel. Anyway, he runs around like a hero during the day. And when the sun sets, 
all these monsters come out and attack you. And that's what these cities are like. As soon as the sun sets, you need to be locked up nicely in your hotel room or you'll you'll lose your phone, your laptop, whatever else you've got pretty quick. That's why I ask myself, why would you go there? But on that theme of, of danger, was there any time that you felt, you know, I'm in trouble here? Many, many, many times. I mean, I went, obviously, with the every country thing, you're, you're going everywhere. So um, I was in Mogadishu in Somalia. Maybe you've seen or heard of the movie Black Hawk Down or the actual yes. thing that happened when they shot... So like when I was in Somalia, I was in the I flew from Istanbul, and when I was in the air, there's two compounds that you can stay on that are kind of semi-safe. And well, I was in the air flying to Mogadishu, and they attacked one of the compounds. Al Shabaab did. So when I landed, like it's just burning, and I'm parked up in the one beside it, and you're just hearing gunshots. And that's actually the first time where I thought, God, what am I doing? Is this a good idea? This whole every country thing. You know something, that fits lovely with something we're doing here on the show this month. We're doing the thing called January about hairy moments. By God, <laughs> I'd say you could Aye. fill that whole thing yourself for us <laughs> on late lunch. You know, but seriously, like when you, when you experience uh, things like you, you mentioned there, it never puts you off. You just uh, trucked on. No, that was it. Well, you know, like it was a life goal of mine and you can't be quitting at the first sign of danger can you you're never going to achieve anything so i feel like as long as you try to keep your wits about you 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 can you can control what you can control and then keep working towards your goal that's what i did and then like when i came to the mountains and stuff when like i was in everest up everest recently and of course that's kind of scary as well but because i'd been through a few sketchier moments on my travels i was kind of mentally prepared you know what i mean so i was suffering less if you can get through those tough times like makes other things feel a bit a little bit more achievable now, apart from your beloved Ireland, if you had a, an opportunity, I know we, do you, you obviously love where you're living now. Is that the place that you decided from all your travels you'd like to settle down in? Or is there another place you'd say, I'd like to live there? No, you know, like when I left, uh, when I finished uni, I didn't have any money to travel when I was what, 22, so 15, 16 years ago. And um, I taught English in Thailand, studied a bit of the language, fell in love with the country and then uh, like I'm a blogger, I'm an old school blogger, and that's how I make my, my money now from my website. So then, once I could make my living online, I was free to to live anywhere, and I chose to come back to Thailand. So I guess like put your money where your mouth is. That's obviously <laughs> where I where I believe is the best place to be if you can manage to make your money on the internet. I love your blog. It's great. One step, the number four ward. One step for ward is the blog. And this man has really made such uh, an enterprise out of it. It is true what you say there. You were penniless on a number of occasions. You came back and, and signed up for a medical research product, uh, project <laughs> in Ireland, did you? Yeah. Yeah, God. I just finished uni and I wanted to go travelling, as I say, or at least I, want, I, I wanted to be able to set myself up as an English teacher, you need a bit of money to get your first little apartment and all that. So I was broke and I was Googling like, how can I get a, a grand or two quickly so I can get hit the road? And then I signed up for this thing in Belfast, yeah, where they lock you up for five weeks in a little, like, I would call it a bloody cell, but it's a hospital ward, but you're not allowed uh, out of it. And I was in there for five weeks. They injected me what, eight times a day. And then <laughs> five weeks later, they hand you your two grand and off you go. You're allowed out finally. <laughs> You sound like a guinea pig. No disrespect to guinea pigs or that, but you know... That's literally... Yeah, exactly. That's literally what you are. (laughs) But this is the, 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 the fantastic thing about you and your story. You had nothing and you went on your way and you earned money here and there. And then, of course, this blog and uh, all you've done around that has set you up. Um, 
you know, even still, do you live day to day? You know, when you think of you, you know, you you didn't have a plan where you were going at any stage, had you? No, well, like, so I've been doing it, what, 17 years now. So the first, it's basically like like a game of two halves, kind of. So the first half of that time, I was still broke, trying to make my blog work, like living off $10 a day and all that. So it, during then, I, no, I didn't have a plan because I couldn't afford to have a plan. I couldn't afford to fly. I couldn't afford to come home. So I was just traveling overland, it, like in whatever random country or continent that was in. And then when, when I worked out how to monetize the blog, that gave me a lot more freedom and that allowed me to then to tackle the whole idea of every country and climbing the seven summits because all that, like when you start having to go to more obscure countries and obviously the expeditions in the North Pole and the South Pole and all that, they're all quite expensive. So I couldn't, I didn't have a plan to do those while I was broke. It wasn't until I made some money that I could really think about attacking that. I mean, are you comfortable now? Are you sorted? Have you enough to keep you going for the foreseeable future and beyond? I have enough that I'm building my mum a house here in Thailand at the moment to live like, in this, like about a kilometre from me so I can't complain Good on you you are a good boy and she must have enjoyed that trip <laughs> out there with you that she's going back Aye. to live near. normally they, they move, you move away <laughs> normally you move away from the man but she's coming now to be near you that's really really nice it's a, it's a lovely she's actually, touch she's actually yeah she's actually coming to Thailand next week yeah, great she'll be here right while we finish the house. Fantastic. You know, um, you and you, you talk about this adventure and, and living on, on, on your nerves by times and that and on very little money. You obviously must be a very fit guy, a very mentally strong guy and have a good uh, ethos about life. Well, I try my best, but it's, it's kind of, for better or worse, like my, my motto is nothing in moderation, which I'm not sure a lot of people would agree with, but it works for me. <laughs> So that means, like, when the like if the drinks are flowing, it's last man standing. But equally, it's a two hundred kilometer ultra marathon at the weekend, so it's all or nothing. And I, I like I kind of like to live that way, you know. Yeah, especially you know, I've had a few occasions where I've been quite close to death. Had a big issue with a helicopter one time, and, and one with the volcano, and yada yada yada. And you get that cliche of the your life flashing before your eyes and all that. And I've had that maybe four or five times. And like on a serious note, I. I was really worried about my missus being upset and I was worried about my mum being upset, but I felt at ease with what I've done with my days and my years. And I feel like that nothing in moderation stuff has given me that security knowing that I'm trying to make the most of my life. Intrepid is the word that sits in my mind as I speak to you now with all you described there and and the close shaves uh, you've had. Um, you know, when you talk about what you did, because I, I know you've uh, written extensively about this, you didn't want the 9 to 5, 40 hour week being right. stuck in the same place. Is this something for everybody? Or are you uh, a man apart? No way. Like I'm just a normal guy who didn't want to subscribe to the standard status quo. And then I think perhaps like 15 years ago or whatever, when I started, you needed to be kind of like, you needed to be willing to take a risk and, and not everyone's willing to do that. And I respect that. But nowadays with the internet and remote working, you don't need to, you don't need to have your own website or your own little business or anything. You could still retain your normal career and work remotely and, and maybe not even in hundred percent remotely, but in periods of time. And, and that, with that, you can still go and chase your dreams as well as holding down a job or building your career. I think now it's, it's never been easier. Mm. Um, the Sahara you didn't mention, of course. You ran six marathons in six days across the Sahara. We got to mention that. My oh my, what a man! Yeah, yeah, that was a, that wasn't actually so as bad as it sounds. You get you get to these 
I don't know if you know a guy called David Goggins. He's like an, an intense like fitness guy, an American former Marine. And he talks about this concept of a cookie jar that the first one or two brutal things that you put yourself through are, are tough. But with when you achieve those, you give yourself a cookie mentally and you put that in your mental cookie jar. And then the next second and third and fourth time that you do it, you've got more cookies in the jar. And then the fifth, sixth, seventh time, Every time you get in that dark place, if you're doing an ultramarathon or cycling across the country or climbing Everest or rowing across the Atlantic or whatever it is, anytime you're feeling weak, you've got a jar of cookies that you can bite from, knowing that you've been through it once before and you've got out the other side and things become progressively easier. So I feel like you just need the, the little wins at the start and they all build up until you can do big things. Great advice from the man who's done it all. What's ahead? Your mammy's coming to live with you. The house has been finished. <laughs> Are you starting to feel a little settling down phase of your life, or is that possible? Well, I want to. Yeah, I want to have kids in the next year or two. But also, I've got. I'm starting to create like ultra endurance events myself, so I can drag other normal people into doing crazy things. I'm launching an ultra marathon in a country called Mauritania in West Africa at the end of the year. That I want to bring people on 150 kilometer through the desert and then I'm doing another one next year in, in Turkmenistan actually cycling across that so I want to create these events that make other people also push themselves to the limit but but get through it and feel the transformative effects of it I think it gives you a lot of self-belief when you get through these things and I want to share it with people you're a remarkable man, may I say. I'm just thrilled that <laughs> you, you joined me today on the show. You've uh, sent us all into the weekend, inspired by what we hear from you. And uh, good luck to you, whatever you do in, in the future. But what you achieve, Johnny, is, is simply remarkable. Every single country in the world. And there you heard it on air on late lunch today. Don't mind Western media. North Korea ain't that bad, as long as you're <laughs> willing to have <laughs> four people chaperone you and, and a few others as well. Listen, best of luck to you and good wishes to your mum and uh, uh, you're a good woman there as well for the future. Thank you for joining us. I'm sure and I'd love to talk to you again at some stage. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. I'll get back to my tears about Jurgen Klopp here. All the best. Away <laughs> <Where> you go. <laughs> walk on, walk on. Take care, Johnny. Bye-bye. That's uh, Johnny Ward there. What a fantastic man he is. God, I'm, I'm in great fettle now having listened to that fella. He is truly amazing. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Lots to come on the show this afternoon, but stay with us because last week, you might remember, Jason Collins joined us, talked about his folks. No subtitles on Virgin Media TV. We have an update. Well, folks, if you remember last week, we spoke to Jason Collins and he told us the story of the subtitles on Virgin Media not being available anymore, especially on the live shows. And his mum and dad were in an awful way with it. And it transpired many thousands of others across the country as well. Jason spoke to us, spoke to others. It was in the press. And today we have good news, haven't we, Jason Collins? We do have good news, or she got in touch with me yesterday to say that they've fixed the problem and they've done some rigorous testing and they wanted to apologise to my parents. So I was not expecting it all to be resolved so fast, Jerry. It seemed a quick one. I was expecting to be in, in for the long haul. Well, it just shows you. You raised the hair and they took notice. And it is a very significant thing, as I say, for so many people. But not alone did they fix the problem. I believe your parents are getting a little VIP treatment. That's right. What's interesting is while Orchie apologised and and fixed the problem, it was really the good people at Virgin Media who kind of went above and beyond. And Virgin Media stated from the start that the issue was with Orchie, but that didn't stop them actually crediting my uh, parents' accounts for um, a number of months. 
and also they sent out an engineer who who had a look and said they needed to have a new cable installed outside and we need to change their modem and we need to give them a little bit of extra equipment to bring them up to speed. And they they really didn't have to do that, but they did as a way of apology as well for leaving my parents in the dark, so to speak, without the subtitles. So it's a bit of a it's a bit of a it's a it's a red letter day, you know. We're we're delighted here in the in, in the Collins in the Collins family. We we got a result for my mum and dad, and Virgin Media stepped up and at least RTE apologised and uh, we lit a fire under their bums and and they fixed the problem. <laughs> I love it, but you know it does show you, doesn't it, Jason in Ireland again? That, you yeah. know, this has been drifting along. Nobody bothered or interested in it. And it takes people power, the likes of you, to actually highlight something like this to get action. And really, it shouldn't be. Something like this should be picked up as a right, shouldn't it? As a norm. It should. It should. It should, yeah. Any, well, this is the thing in Ireland, isn't it? If you're in a minority group, let's say you're, you have a child who's autistic or has dyspraxia or something, um, it's just so hard to get things done, isn't it? It's always a battle. You're always fighting fighting for somebody else advocating and that's just Ireland all over but I had good people in my corner I had yourself I had uh, a good person at Liveline I had Louise your super producer extraordinaire she went above and beyond and she got this into the papers for me as well and I tell you this it was only when the story appeared in breaking news that things kind of were really set in motion and that's when the, the big media organisations started coming back saying oh no we're looking at this and we'll get the six nobody likes bad PR publicity these days No they certainly don't and thanks for acknowledging ourselves and everybody there we do appreciate it anyway power to the people power to Jason <laughs> Collins we're sorted well done to you and thanks uh, thanks for coming back to us on Late Lunch today with the positive thanks, update it's a great story Thank you Great I love TV we watch TV. TV themes. TV themes with Jerry Kelly on the Late Lunch. Remember that TV movie we saw? TV, TV, TV. I have a lovely prize to send out to one year. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text. That's the number you need. Do you remember this one? Tomorrow I'll wait by the right, window for you. Oh yes, what a great show. One of my favourite, one of my favourite sitcoms of all times. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you know that one, and I will pick somebody before the end of the show. Lovely praise there from Jason Collins, Miss Louise. It was, yeah. Ah, he's such a nice man. My head has just (laughs) swelled about four times. Ah, Not at all. Well deserved. And uh, thanks indeed for Jason, he joining us there with the update. Oh, Louise, I can't wait. I can't wait, Louise. Louise, I can't wait. I know what you're going to say. And I was thinking about you last night because I actually missed it last two nights. I'm going to have to catch up. What am I going to say? You're going to say about tonight's finale? Of? Of The Traitors? Yes! Yay! (laughs) Yes, I am indeed. The Traitors. And a clue about that... uh... A TV theme, but I, I, I knew what you were going to say. Oh, I am telling you that tonight it's just, 
And I have to say, if you've been following the series, the young lad who's in the army, he's an app. He's a he's the number one traitor. Is he the young fellow? The, the young fellow with, the, young, the, with yeah. the earring, yeah, yeah. and he's been so nice, and he has that aged yeah. of a one in the palm of his hand. It's, oh, he's lovely. It couldn't be him. Of course, it's him. Are they all blind? Mm. It's him. It's him. And I'm roaring at the television. It's him. What about there was another guy in it last week, and I haven't watched it since last Friday, but he looked the part. He really? looked really bad. Is he gone? <laughs> is this? Is there a couple left? Okay, how many's left? Five. There are two traitors yeah. and three faithfuls left. And the two traitors, apart from the young guy, the other guy, is he the new guy or was he there last week? No, he 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 was at faithful and he became a traitor. He's a big, okay. huge man. He's the no, oldest no, no. one left. I was in thinking it. about the, another He's guy that was gone. But I think the traitors are going to win. I think the others are dummies. They won't uh, they won't get rid of them. That's my opinion. But anyway, if traitors no. win. It's just one man, is it? Or do they do they share? If the faithfuls win, they share. Yeah. If the traders win, the traders take it all. And I think it could be one trader perhaps left at the end gets the whole lot of the money. You know. So there you are. Can't wait tonight. Nine o'clock. It's Books all the way for the next while on Late Lunch. And there's only one woman for us from Academy Books on the south side of Drogheda in Southgate Shopping Centre. Make sure to call in and say hello to her. She's a fantastic selection there. Welcome back to Late Lunch, Irene Gahan. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, that's <laughs> right. When we have books and Rick is then coming with the wines. Where else would you want to <laughs> What be? else would you want on a Friday? What else would you want heading into the weekend, Is right. Thank you so much for joining us again no, this year. Lovely. We really do appreciate it and we love your recommendations. Let's begin with your book of the month. And when you told me yesterday that you were selecting this book and you brought a copy with you today as book of the month, I was thrilled. Tell them what you selected. I have picked Breakdown by Cathy Sweeney which has literally just been launched and it's a debut novel by an Irish author and it's had an awful lot of interest already. I'd be very surprised if it doesn't win some sort of awards now, to be fair. And we're only in January and you're saying yeah. that already oh, about this. There's so many books lined up. There's so many new books lined up. There's so many debut novels lined up. I was talking to publishing companies and they have so much stuff lined up for this year. So many really good, strong authors lined up for this year. But this one just this one just caught me. Well, it caught me too, because just to introduce it, it's a novel uh, about the rage and reckoning, they say, of middle <laughs> age. And in particular, a woman who really, like you have to say, Irene, when you when you read the book, she's a pretty mundane lady who's lived her life in a family home, a standard, bog standard yeah. family. Nothing unusual about this woman. No, until, nothing. Until. Until. Well, the rage is real. It is. Oh, it's <laughs> And real. the feedback we've had already is like, I need that book. Yes, that book is my life. And I think it's more, it's very much around, she's, she's conformed all her life. She had her two kids. She's an 18-year-old, a 23-year-old, and she lives in suburbia and she has everything she needs. And um, I think it's just one WhatsApp too many is how I described it. So where's my this? Where's my hoodie? You know, can you bring me to the gym? Can you pick me up? And I think and it just was too much. It just that was it. She walked out the door. She got up one morning, got dressed as normal. Nothing and out of the raised no, no nothing, alarms no, or anything. No, nothing. No, nothing. Out just the door she off goes. Off she went. Into a different life and a different world. Yeah. And I think maybe this was the original life that she was supposed to live because she's there's nuggets in the book where she's trying to conform to what she ended up in. And she, you know, she it, it, she had to work hard for to fit into her suburban life. And I think maybe that where she ends up may have been the trek she was taken before she got married and before she had kids and went down a completely different completely different path um but there are glimpses of she's not it's funny 
A lot of people say the person isn't a likable character or the woman isn't a likable character and she's not a likable character but I think it's a terrible thing to say about a woman because you wouldn't necessarily say that about a man in terms of a character. Mm. You know, he could be grumpy, he could be whatever. But she is a flawed character. But we do feel for her. You know, yes. we, 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 in this path, she, 48 hours later, she ends up in a cottage in Wales. And, and, and that's, we learn about all the things that have led up to that. So she's looking back at decisions that she made um, how she got to where she was and she laments the fact that her best friend Elaine went off in the exact same trajectory she completely changed went into a different life and lost her friendship mm. and they fell out mm. so it's it's kind of I you know I can I can see a lot of women maybe my age reading it going if I get another WhatsApp message you know and a lot of it was not it was none of it was about her so all of it was about everybody asking her to do things and expecting yes. her to pulling do things, out of her pulling out of her and never once asking well how are you yes. And, 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 and you know what? That reflects the feelings, yes. I'm sure, of so many uh, people, <laughs> women especially. And that's why this book resonates. I and, think and, so and I had that in my notes there. Yeah. Not likeable, but yes. on, my, on my notes. And you get it. You can see it. I mean, when, you, when you've got three people that are pulling out of you that much yes. without even having any concern for what you might want or you might think. And it's funny because she laments and she talks about her mother and how her mother, you know, she didn't know anything about her mother, her mother likes or her mother's wants because it was the same situation. And it's kind of a social and there is a sort of an element of a social commentary about we all conform and we all do what we're supposed to do. None of us kind of, you know, do anything different. And if we do something different, then it's like, oh, she's a bit nuts, you know, or yeah. she's a bit mad or she's yeah. a bit off there. So it's kind of an intro. I, I have to say, I just I inhaled it, Jerry. Oh, I inhaled it. Oh, unput downable is what this <laughs> book is described as and we're only in January it's a debut as well from Adrian Duncan it's called Breakdown sorry I beg your pardon it's by Cathy Sweeney yeah. the book is by Cathy Sweeney it's called Breakdown and uh, I have a copy here I'm holding on to I'm, I am going to give it away when I finish it myself to be honest with you so we'll hold that one in cold storage it is Irene Gahan's book of the month on late lunch Breakdown by Cathy Sweeney. Highly, highly rec- recommended. Let's move on to Louise Nolan and your next selection, please. Yeah, so Louise Nolan's book Snowflake was out in 2021, but it's just been selected for one Dublin, one book for 2024. And interesting, I actually loved this book. I wasn't a fan of normal people. But this book is kind of similar. It came out maybe two years afterwards. And it's again, it's a contemporary coming of age, but it's not as normal. It's similar to normal people. They go to Trinity, all the things that, you know, getting into Trinity. But this is more about a character. It's about girl Debbie who lives in rural rural Ireland, which is literally over the bridge. It's Kildare. And she grew up in a dairy farm. And it's literally about her experiences of getting to go to Trinity and expecting Trinity to be incredible, coming from this rural life to the city life and, and you know, expecting maybe something different. So maybe she's slightly disappointed or she's she's definitely as a character, she's discombobulated trying to marry both together because she's commuting. So she's going from the city to the country or whatever. And she's only obviously she's only 18, but her mom has mental health problems at home. And her uncle has mental health problems. He lives in a he he lives in a caravan at the back of her house mm. in on this dairy farm. And it's very much about um, an Irish girl trying to grow up with both aspects to it. But then there's a family tragedy. So she has to go back 
and she has to go back and then she kind of it's asking the question are our lives basically preordained that we are going to go a certain way or yes. we're going to end up a certain way and she then starts to question whether she's going to end up like her mother with the mental health problems that her mother has so it's very much um, I really really enjoyed it I super I, it was one I really thought it was fabulous and I really enjoyed it and I was weary wary about look, reading it because of normal people and that yeah. coming of age contemporary mm. style don't know if I really wanted to read that aspect of, but it was very I, I really enjoyed it I'm so glad that it was pick, picked and again like your book of the month choice it is a situation that is a fact in Ireland today with yeah, young people who have family you know and yeah. perhaps family dependent on them as well Absolutely. trying to you know move on with their lives and fly <laughs> away yet being pulled back yeah. and trying to marry the two it's yeah. not easy it's not easy and I thought it was interesting because I went to and it's set around the time of sort of 1990s and I went to university in England um, but my friends went to Trinity and UCD and DCU and when I came back home again I could see them commuting in and out and trying to reconcile and having a completely different university experience coming in from Kildare from Blessington from Wicklow and again I'm looking at from the outside in looking at it so I had a very different experience yes. so for me reading it it was quite interesting to kind of look at it from their perspective yes um and and, and just the things that happen and it's down to earth you know facts of life universal yeah. absolutely published a couple of years ago Snowflake by Louise Nealon but selected for one done one book one Dublin one book for 2024 there you go there you go so uh, this uh, second recommendation from Irene this afternoon and your final one <laughs> well Sam Blake when you mentioned the name Sam Blake Generally, you know, I often say about singers when they're flying high, they could record three blind mice and it'd go to number one. <laughs> you could probably say the same about Sam Blake. Uh, brilliant. Three little birds. Yeah, she's what's interesting and I'm delighted for her is Sam Blake is the pseudonym of Vanessa O'Loughlin can't remember the third name but she is lovely um, she's a really nice lady Yes. Uh, but she's just been made head of the Writers Association between UK and Ireland I can't remember the exact title of it yeah. but it's a very prestigious she's taken over from Joanne Harris who wrote Choc- Chocolate um, so it's such a prestigious um, award you know thing to be bestowed and I think she'll do an amazing amazing mm. job of it but I like Sam Blake because she's crime Yes. <laughs> and that is what she is that is what she's exceptional this is her 10th book would you believe mm. and Three Little Birds is basically um, you know me and my crime it's a procedural drama um, about Dr. Carla Steele who does who's a facial reconstruction construction what's the word construction expert, expert yes, yes for, the, for the forensics department in the, you know the park yes, HQ the in, Phoenix in the park. Phoenix Park in Dublin, yeah. in Dublin. So they discover a skull in mm. a lake, as you do, um, and she then has to go and do the facial reconstruction for it. Now her partner is also a criminal psychologist Grace for Cozy, and she kind of brings the glam to the whole thing. And then they team up with this detective, um, dashing, de- uh, dashing detective Jack McGuire, who arrives down with the skull, and then they kind of they kind of become this team, you know, yes. this crime fighting team. Um, but then they all go back to the lock and then women start, you know, turning up dead, basically. Yes. So she starts her own little investigation, to, you know, when she starts to find things that are, you know, happening now, you know, corresponding to her, her skull that she's found and what she's discovered. Yes. And it goes from there. But it's excellent. It sweeps through from there. And true to say that there are a few scenes uh, when you're reading this book, you'd be better not eating your dinner. 
I don't know that it's that gruesome. I mean. No, no, for you, because you, you see, <laughs> I know, are yeah. an <laughs> of the crime genre. That's true. Yeah. But for anyone with a little weak tummy. But a weak stomach, yeah, yeah. No, no, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. But uh, it is brilliantly constructed. And as you say, they become a team. They go to the lake where uh, uh, the skull was found. And then a series of events kick off and the local and I, police are involved as well. Yeah, and, and, I, and it's very procedural. It's very, you know, you have all the characters, you know, have all the twists that go in there and I'm really hoping this becomes the start of a the start of a series to be honest Well I'd say if she gets a bit of time from that role that she's taken up she will indeed she'll be writing away the uh, ultimate recommendation on today's <laughs> show from uh, the Queen of Crime herself Irene Gahan is <laughs> Three Little Birds by Sam Blake and it's out there now Corvus Books are the publishers I have to say they're three brilliant books you've yeah. recommended today. They really are. It's been a great start. Yeah. It's been a great start. Yeah. And that's why I was saying to you earlier, we've got a book club now on a Friday morning at half past ten. And it's an open book club. So we have like five different choices and then you can bring your own choices and anyone can arrive down just to half past ten to half past eleven, complimentary tea and coffee and chat about books. Now there's an offer. Each Friday, each Friday, every Friday, in Academy half past Books, 10. Academy Books, Southgate Shopping Centre on the south side of Drada, half past ten to half eleven every Friday. Open book club. Open book club. <laughs> There's an offer today for you. Don't miss it, folks. Everybody, welcome. You're fantastic. Thanks for leaving uh, the breakdown book You're of the month welcome. with me by Cathy uh, Sweeney. I'm going to gobble that up myself. I won't leave it down until next month. As always, thank you so much, Irene. Thank Dan. you. Thank absolutely. You. Take care. I tell your story to me A hairy moment for you There's a grand if you do I need to know on the late lunch show John Carlin has a January moment to tell us all about on late lunch this afternoon There's a thousand euro up for the story that's selected next Wednesday John, away you go, what happened to you? I was coming home from morning to last 30 week to talk in, yeah I put on my seatbelt and I was driving up back into Drogheda and I was coming by the graveyard, coming over the, over the little bridge and my car went into a skid and I went across the road, hit the bank, hit the bridge and tumbled up, upside down, yeah? Look at me alive, because there was a uh, behind me in the other car and she said, uh, how did you get out of that car alive? This hairy moment happened very recently on the 13th of January this year. Driving away your passenger in the car. No, I was driving the car, like I was on my own, so I was, yeah. Going over the little bridge, and I went into a skid in my car, so I did, yeah. And I went across the road, hit the bridge, all across the road, uh, somersault, upside down, yeah. So the car actually somersaulted, you took a skid in the ice, hit the bank, went across to the other side of the road, hit it, the car turned yeah. over, and it's upside down. Yeah, like upside down, yeah. Wow. I was, I, I was just... Upside down in the car, and then all said, somebody said, "How did you get out of that car alive?" I didn't even get a scratch, not a scratch. So you're in the car, and the car is upside down. What happens then? Yeah, it was an us in the other car, and uh, these fellas uh, said, uh, 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 two fellas said, "Are you okay? Are you wearing your seatbelt?" I said, "I am." And they said, "Will you loosen your uh, uh, seatbelt?" Which I did, and I fell down into the airbag. And the steering wheel, yeah. 
this uh, nurse you mentioned, uh, these other people came to your rescue in the car. You released the seatbelt at that stage. And did they help yes. you from the car? Yeah, they did, yes. Yeah, yeah. Ambulance fire brigade and the car, yeah. My, oh my. Yes. So a real emergency. You were taken to hospital? I was taken to hospital, yeah. Were you detained in hospital or were you there for long? I was there till half ten that night. You didn't sustain any serious injuries? No, just like a bruise on my arm. <laughs> Weren't you a lucky man? The seatbelt was crucial, oh obviously. It, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, like even the ambulance driver said, like as well, how on earth did you walk out of that car alive? <laughs> yeah, like thanks to God, I was wearing my seatbelt under that, that, like it wouldn't be here today. Yeah, today. What a hairy moment, and only happened recently on the 13th of January. Yeah, the 13th of January. It was just getting dark. Incredible, incredible. Thank you to God, it's grand to be alive, I tell you. You've lived to tell the tale, and tell us about your hairy moment on late lunch. John Carlin, delighted you were able to tell it to us today. Thanks for joining me on the show, and you're in the mix for the €1,000. Thank you so much for joining me on late lunch today. Thank you very much, Ian. What a story that is from John Carlin. Have you a hairy moment in our January hairy competition? You still have time. Monday, Tuesday, we're taking stories 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you have a hairy moment to tell us, you could be winning a €1,000 on late lunch next Wednesday afternoon. Now let's do this on late lunch. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy, sir. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. One of my favourite sitcoms of all time, Gavin and Stacey. And in this extract, Nessa has just told Smithy he's going to be a dad. Pam and Mick's house, they're all at the next morning after the night before. Bryn, the brilliant Bryn, tells another pointless story. But there's something going up on upstairs. Gavin and Stacey aren't at the breakfast table just yet. I'm going to have some peanut butter and some jam. (laughs) And I'll tell you for why. I got a friend. Tony, one of my online buddies is, and he lives in New Orleans at the aerodrome. He's having to stay there until he gets back on his feet. And he has for breakfast, because whenever we speak lunchtime here, his breakfast over there. And I say to him, what are you having for breakfast? And he says, peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) Now, when he says jelly, he means jam. I can't wait to tell him about this. He'll be beside himself. Oh, are you all right, my darling? Do you sleep all right? Um, not really, no. Oh, come and sit down. What can I get you? I'm all right, thanks, Pam. I'm fine. Cheers. Well, you've got to eat something, Smithy. Just have a couple of sausages. A couple of sausages, right. And some of that bacon. OK. And an egg, just the one. Cheers. Just ain't got much of an appetite, you know. Everyone, all right for drinks? Yeah, fine. Thank you. 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 Lovely. Lovely. It's going to be a lovely day, by all accounts. Yeah, it's going to be nice all week, apparently. Well, it said in the paper it might rain. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Quite hard. <laughs> I 
Stacey's just jumped in the shower. What? <laughs> what is right? Gavin and Stacey, absolutely brilliant. One of my favourites of all time. Your comedy on Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. We've had the books. The wine's on the way with Rick Cronjay. Always delighted to have him with us on Late Lunch and he's back for a brand new uh, year with us and a new series as well. Rick Cronje, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much, Jerry. Thank you for joining us today. Um, a new approach this year. Just tell our listeners what you're going to do in the next uh, number of features with us. Yeah, the, what we want to do, Jerry, is just sort of go over the basics again, you know, of it, but not right down to the bottom, you know. In wine, every year is a new year. So there's always new challenges. And being an agricultural crop, it's always subject to, to weather, uh, to soils, to, you know, climate. I mean, we don't want to mention that yes. at this stage, you know. Mm. Um, market changes, government changes, everything like that. So it's just to keep people up to speed with what's happening and just all the new technology and ideas that come along. Great know. stuff. So that's uh, to look forward to over the months ahead. And of course, we will be tasting wines as well. Uh, Rick has two crackers with him today. So today we're going to talk about the vineyard, the terroir, the location, the place where the wines are grown. Very important, Jerry. And the, as I say, technology has moved on so much. And, you know, in property, you talk about location and location. In the vineyard, they talk terroir, and that is your soil, that is your climate overall, and then your microclimate. And, um, you know, every grape variety has a specific uh, need in terms of soils and climate. So it's very, very important to match that. So you must get that right, that what you grow in the terroir, the land you're on, is the right fit for that, for the land, for the climate, the microclimate, all that type of thing. Absolutely, Jerry. that's what you want. Um, Because without that, your quality is going to be very poor, and straight away that's a problem. And and vineyards are expensive, mm. not cheap. <laughs> you know, of course, definitely you, you, you not. You got to get it right, and if it's mm. a mismatch, you're in trouble. So yes. let's talk about then the grapes that grow in that soil and grow up. We know yeah. all grapes that you buy. People people have grapes on their table. You know, red yes. grapes, white grapes, a mix of both as well. Are those grapes different table grapes to the grapes that are used to make wine? Wine, very different. Uh, Jerry, uh, they're different uh, uh, families. You know, uh, uh, we call it Vitis vinifera, would be your grapes that make wine. And the first part, vin, is the, the giveaway, yes. as in uh, vino. Um, and then you have the Labrusca, uh, and that's your table grapes. Yes, very different. If you look at the physicalities, um, grapes to make wine is much smaller. Um, uh, you know, those skins are thicker and that contains all the good stuff in it. Um, they got seed in them, for instance. Um, yeah, just completely uh, different. And 
if you had to eat them, they'll be bitter. Okay. They, 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 they just They're non-edible. Them. No, no, no. Could you no. make wine from the table grapes? Would, would would you get wine from them? You would, of course. Yes, you but, would. You would, but very poor quality. It just doesn't... It has a very thin skin to start off, because so you can bite through it. Um, the, the There's just nothing in it, really. Yes. And uh, it, it's generally not a sweet. Now, people get a bit confused with sweet, when we talk sweetness, Jerry, and, and don't think sugar. This is natural. And even in classifications, you know, we talk about dry, off-dry, and bone-dry. And in a, uh, for us on the palate, it's very difficult to distinguish. But what they do is they measure it. It's called Bix. So table grapes is somewhere between 17 and 20 whereas your winemaking grapes are 22 to 25, 26. Okay. But it's a natural thing. So yes. it's not something you're going to find it sweet, I might not. So, yeah. 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 So yeah. You just not to get confused there. The other thing is, because today you're going to talk mm. about two wines, a red and a white, uh, that are both Malbecs. So let's talk about the juice from grapes for a moment. Yes. A red grape, people might have the impression that it's a red juice flows from the red grape and yes. a white juice from the white grape. Not so. No, no, not so. Now, you can be forgiven for thinking that, Jerry, as in, you know, Cabernet Shiraz, just as examples. Well, they're red grapes and they're going to make red wine. That's what they do for Mm. us. Same as Malbec is red. But um, when you make wine, uh, all juice is clear. It's the contact with the skin that actually gives you the color. And, you know, let's think rosé. That could be as little as four hours, mm. you know, the contact. Get a blush on it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, just to give it a, a blush there. And then, you know, if you want a young wine, it could be days, maybe weeks. Whereas if you want a really big, strong, bold wine, that could be months. Yes. So it just depends what the final product is. But the important thing is, no, um, all uh, wine, when it's it's made, is clear. It's a contact from the skin that gives you the properties. No skin contact. What's the story? If you don't, if it's not put in contact with skin, you just have the juice itself. Is that a wine? It is still a wine because of the process. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um, but white wine, if uh, you know, we're talking white wine now, where there's no skin contact, but there is uh, some uh, grape varieties. You know that that you can benefit from uh, from skin contact, but nothing um, compared to the red. The yes. red is really, yeah. and I think this is where people often try and push the boundary and say, "Well, red wine is very healthy and mm. very good for you." Um, and I, I I would never promote that now, Jerry, for the simple reason: if wine was that good, well, I'm sure. The winemaker would have put that on the label and told you that. And I've never seen a wine bottle that <laughs> claims that. No, it's an alcoholic product. Yes. But but yes, uh, the red skins have all the, the good stuff in yeah. it. And, and we'll prove that today for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Come back to the white for a moment because yes. skin contact uh, is essential in, in yeah. white wines. So how yeah. does that work? Yeah, if, is it like the red? Is it? It's, is it's it exactly time the same. Well? Yeah. yeah, it's exactly the same, Jerry. It's 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 uh, you're just trying to strengthen the wine, give it more body, give it more flavour. That's what the skin brings to the wine for you, other than colour, obviously. Yes. Yeah, but that's what it brings. It it's especially in red. It's 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 got the tannins in it. You know, it's got the alcohol. It's got the sugar in it. Um, and as I say again, you know, the red grapes will be far more 
proficient in that as into uh, the white. Yes. So there's a real science in this. You know, you might, you know, the timing is crucial because that timing dictates everything, doesn't it? 100% Jerry and they have scientists you know in the lab that check these things you know they take samples they measure everything mm. and they and and that's why you would see in your visits and on uh, things like YouTube where uh, people walk around with these big tubes and keep testing yes, you know yes. yeah so uh, it's a lovely job, Jerry. What a job, what a job indeed. Stay there, I want to take a yeah. short break on late lunch. Rick is staying with us and we're going to taste after the break because he's brought two Argentinian wines. They're both Malbecs, but quite different indeed. We're doing the tasting in a moment. Stay there. Rick Cronjay is with us on late lunch this afternoon and we're delighted to have him back for the new year. And we're tasting two beautiful wines that Rick has brought along today. They're both Malbecs. But Rick, Malbec in my mind is red. You've brought a white Malbec with the red. Yes, that's the idea behind the series is just to demonstrate to people and educate a bit. Um, both Argentina, very popular country for us, second after Chile in terms of imports, by the way. Um, 2022, both of them. Malbec, same estate, everything the same right down to the price of 10 euro each <laughs> from Tesco. So a great uh, 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 way to demonstrate it. Yes, Jerry, a white Malbec. Now, the, the, uh, the first thing to notice about it is the alcohol content, 10.5. And that is because, as we discussed a minute ago, no skin contact. Okay. You know, but... You know, give it a try and and uh, let's see what let's what, see what it's like. What yeah. it's like. Uh, look, know. put it in the glass. I'm looking at it in the yeah. bottle there. It's a very pale wine, I have to say, yes. and that is because there has been little contact with the skin. Yeah, uh, in this case, there's been no contact at all. Look at it there, uh, even to the very, light. Look. Yeah, it's almost. It's it's very very clear. It's really um, like water, I have to say. Like yes, as clear as yes, water. Let's have is. a little sip. On the nose. A citrus fruit there, is there? Oh, definitely. I and uh, I, I thought it was rather shy. You you really had to, to take a. Oh good... no! Oh, that ain't shy. That's that hits you. That really does hit you on 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 the palate. Oh, on yes, the palate, yes. it does. Yeah, for me, apples, green apples. Ah, for it's sure. Just it's uh, no so doubt about powerful it. Powerful on it. Um, oh, it's 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 young. It's fresh. It's light. You could drink it on its own. I'd like something with it, though. I'd like to pair it. What would I pair it with? Yeah, well, I, I look, you've got to go light, Jerry, at 10.5%. Yeah. I took a chance on some cheese because I love my cheese, um, mild cheese and portsalu. I love portsalu. Yeah. And I had chicken wings and drumsticks and, and it, it actually Worked went. well. Yeah. But I would say fish or shellfish would, would sit well would with that. Would be perfect one. with it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it has, if on, 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 on the aftertaste, there, there is some acidity. Mm. Now it's young, it's 22. Um, and I think that will carry it. Yeah, you need to drink that though. You don't keep that in your no no cupboard Jerry. for long. No, not that you would keep much <laughs> in your cupboard for long. Rick. No space, Jerry. No space. That's my excuse. No anyway, space. it is beautiful. I have to say, it is lovely, and I've had a a lovely little taste of it there. And again, to remind you, it's from Tesco. There are ten or each of these bottles, uh, and this one is Trevento Reserve White Malbec from Argentina, twenty twenty two. A really, really nice wine. Now, 
A surprise, isn't it, Jerry? That is a surprise. <laughs> surprise. Because as, yeah. as I, when, when I saw you with the two bottles, I said, hold on a minute. What is yeah, this? Yeah. Is this AI technology? No, <laughs> yeah. it's not. It's real. It really is real. So let's have a look now at the red. Yes, uh, exactly the same again, Jerry. as you say, 2022. And um, this one is now obviously with a skin contact, but it also had six months on oak. So, uh, again, that's just to demonstrate um, the uh, ability to improve the quality and the strength. Because that's often what winemakers want to do is give it yeah. a good body to it so it's not flimsy. Well, you know, look at that. It's oh, deep just, red colour. Yeah. I'm a fan of Malbec. I have yes. to say, if you get a nice yes. Malbec, you can just quaff it away on its own. It's beautiful. It's lovely matched as well with red meats or yes. anything like that. I know that. But uh, I think it's it, it can be a fantastic wine. Now, I'm curious after having a little sip, and I want to say to you, I just have a little sip of it here. Do be responsible when yes, you drink sure. wine. Absolutely. Plenty of water interspersed food. Take your time and enjoy it. And be sensible when it comes to all types of alcohol consumption. Here we go. Ah, well, you can smell the oak on that, oh, can't you? And the fruit for sure. Yeah. You can indeed. Yeah. Let's have a little sip. Oh, it's beautiful. It's a it lovely is, one yeah. for a tenor. For a tenner, and also it's a 2022, it probably needs a bit more time, Jerry. But even now, I think it's drinking lovely, you know. But if you were to rest that for another couple of years, two or three years, would it improve in the bottle in that time? I, I think it might. It's just that sharpness of the oak that, that sits on it. But a lot of people like it. I think it's a very well-balanced wine for what yes. it is. And I think it's drinking very good now. I'd have to say... I'd like to pair it again with meat. I'd yes. like it. Now, there are, I said to you, there are Malbecs I will drink on their own. With this yeah. one, my personal choice would be to have red meat with it. Yes. But I see as well that you think this would go nicely with poultry, which is a white meat. Yes, I think so, because it's not a powerful wine. No, it's not. Jerry. It's not. It's, 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 so I think it'll fit well with poultry, 13.5%. Um, again, I think it 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 will go well with it. You know, yes. I I, th I would even go as far as pork sausages would be nice. Would ah, be nice. Ah, yes. Yeah, just as a snack to go with. That it, would be know? really really nice. Yeah. It it really is for 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 ten euro. I have to say it's it is tremendous. It's Jerry. great it value is, for it. Is, and yeah. both of them at a tenner from Tesco. Again, the second wine we've tasted today is Trevento Reserve. Three wins, Malbec, Argentina, 2022, 10 euro again from Tesco. I like that Malbec. I really do. And I think it would match lovely, as Rick said, with the pork sausage, the red meat, the poultry or pork chops or whatever. It tickles your fancy to go along with it in the month of January and beyond into February. Now, you're, we have a new thing called a tip of the month from uh, Rick Cronje. And he's going to give you a little tip each month before he leaves us. So we're talking about the wine last today. Come on. Yes, and it's free. It's free. <laughs> so yeah. what is this about? Tell me. Yeah, well, it, it's just, uh, you know, for holding the glasses. Jerry, um, I, what I suggest to people is that we, um, you know, hold it by the stem. Yep. What the hand tends to do, it warms the glass up and obviously warms the wine up. Uh, the other thing is, of course, puts fingerprints of it. So if you have a real interest in a wine, well, then just hold it by the, by stem, the stem and you'll have clear vision of everything. Yes. Yeah. 
Um, you know a red wine now if you if you are if you're not if you're just on the night often you know I like red wine you see what I'm doing there I'm yeah in my absolutely. hands the glass yeah, to we give all it a that. little bit of heat yeah yeah no they, look it's nothing wrong yes. with it it is just as I say if you have an interest in in the wines that you're drinking then uh, try and keep the bowl of it clear okay but yes definitely what about the clink do the clink yes. so they can hear the yeah, clink here that's okay, the on. first one yes. Uh, but really, that's just as we do on the top of the glass. They're the two tips. Yeah, but when you do it on the bowl, it yeah. sounds Go like on. this. Do it again. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a totally. deeper, deeper. A deeper. Yeah, and that's because it's on the thicker part. The top part is quite fragile. Yes. So uh, when you're just introduced to people, it's the little tip you do for us. But as yes. the night goes on and we enjoy... Yes, yes, that's... Our the, wines and our food yeah. and everything... The deeper sound the as deeper we clink sound. later on yeah. in the evening is the base of the glass to the base Correct. of the glass. Correct. There yeah. you are. And that's the stronger part. Wine etiquette from Rick today, his tip of the month. Thank you so much for joining us. I've so enjoyed the comparison. We'll see you next month. It'll be a short time because it's a shorter month in February. We'll see you then, Rick. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much for joining me on the show. Now, let's have another listen to our TV theme. Tomorrow, Oh, a little trickier today for sure, I have to say, but there were quite a number of you on the money with that one. Yes, I featured it in my uh, comedy this afternoon, and that is the theme from Gavin and Stacey. Well done to you. Bernie Costello, we have your gift in the post as we speak. Thanks to everybody who joined in the fun on the TV theme competition. Now, another regular on Late Lunch each afternoon. We're going to round it off right now. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. It's Barry Manilow all this week on the show. Do you know that... Uh, last year, the total was done last year, up to 2023, they reckon he'd sold 85 million records all over the world. He is one of the best-selling solo artists of all time, the number one contemporary artist of all time. Forbes, who produced their rich list each year in 2023, reckoned he was worth about $120 million. That should keep him going. A 50-year career, and over that 50 years, he had 50 top 40 singles, 27 top 10 hits, and 12 number one. Some achievement. Vegas last year just shows how his popularity has endured. He put on three shows last September. You couldn't get Tickets for love and money. They were like chicken's teeth. He could have played and played had he wanted to, but he did the three nights. They see he's pushing on. He's 81 his next birthday are Mr. Manilow. And today's song, well, the song was originally co-written by David Martin, who recorded the original version about a girl named Debbie. Didn't do a whole lot, to be honest, which has been covered a number of times, but certainly Manilow's cover is uh, the number one when it comes to this song. From his 1978 album called Even Now, I Love This Song. It made number three in the USA. Didn't make the top 50. Well, barely made the top 50 in the UK at number 43. But it is a standard of Manilow's. Yes, here is my final song of the week from Barry. Can't smile without you.
Yeah, Mr. Barry Mallow, my artist of the week. The final song in the set of five. Yes, can't smile without you. I've been swaying along here from side to side to that one. And uh, I'll be working away on a new artist or artist of the week for you for next week over the weekend. Up next on the show, our final break of the day in the week. And afterwards... Busy weekend in sport this weekend. David Sheehan standing by. Busy weekend in sport. Let's get down to business straight away with David Sheehan. Afternoon, David. Afternoon, Jerry. Division 2, National Football League, Meath and Loud playing their trade in the second tier again this year. It all kicks off this weekend. And from our perspective, first up tomorrow, Saturday, half past two, Meath entertaining for Manor. Now, Meath, if they have aspirations of promotion, they're going to win this game. Yeah, it's funny you say that, Jerry. You took the words out of my mouth because we were chatting about this myself and a few of my friends during the week. And it's funny to say it for a first-round game, but this really is a must-win game for me. Your home games are always the ones you want to win, obviously. But you look at that division, the teams that are in it, you've got the likes of Donegal, you've got the likes of Armagh. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of strength in there, a few tricky tricky ties for me. Cavan are in there as well. Loud, of course, as you mentioned. So... It, it kind of is, and it's an interesting team that Colin O'Rourke has picked. I think a lot of people's eyebrows were raised at Derek Campion at six. He'd be more associated with being an attacker, but apparently he's gone there. He's gone well there in recent challenge matches. But the thing that stood out for me, uh, Jerry, in a long, long number of years, I've been kind of bemoaning the lack of size in the Mead team. But you look at number eight through to 12, you've got Ronan Jones, the captain, Jack Flynn, Dahi McGowan, Shane Walsh, and Cahill Hickey, all big men. Uh, so that's a really important area of the field and it's good to see a bit of size in there as well and you've Matt Costlow in the full forward line who's been going well for his college Shane Walsh who I mentioned back from injury after uh, recurrence to that hamstring last year against Limerick so a lot of positives for me coming into this one really strange campaign for them last year they scored 12 goals in Division 2 last year but 7 of those came in the first 2 matches which they won they lost every game after that with the exception of the Limerick game which they drew so they'll be looking for a massive improvement in their league form this year the Talden Cup last year gave them a little bit of respite after being knocked out of the championship by Offaly. But I think that year of experience for a lot of those new players um, will be really important to them. And I think it's time now to, to kind of show what they're made of. And a lot of people will be looking closely at this league campaign. I'm not necessarily expecting me to get promoted, but I'd expect them to, to do a lot better than they did last year and to push towards promotion and, and move things on a little bit. They'll win tomorrow. I think so. Yeah. And we'll go for a mid win there, home win. Now, loud in action also tomorrow, 6 o'clock, a later start. They have a tricky opening. Mm. They have to go to Armarts. Jared Brennan's first game in charge in the league. I see he's named 14, what would you we would call experienced players from last year. Only one sort of newbie in the lineup. This won't be easy for loud. Yeah, Niall McDonald between the sticks is the only debutante in that loud 15, which I think is the, is the wise move, you know. Um, and and the kind of the opposite of Meath for loud last year, lost their first two matches and then went on that great winning run, which saw them go into the last game with a chance of promotion. Of course, Dublin put an end to that dream, but they had a really good campaign last year. Then, of course, they got to the Leinster final. Then, as you know, the apple cart was turned on its side by Mickey Hart departing for Derry in the off-season. Um, so, yeah, a new management team in charge. I think when the new manager comes in, the temptation is always there to, to, to make wholesale changes. But I think Joe Brennan's around long enough to know that that doesn't necessarily always work out. And especially, as you said, going up to the athletic grounds in Armagh. Armagh, who, by the way, were knocked out of the, both, both of their big games last year on penalties, both in the Ulster final and in the, um, in the knockout in the championship as well. So they've been on the brink of 
of a real breakthrough over the last few years. And they'll certainly be one team that is looking to get promotion. An experienced Larry team, as you said, but I, I think it's going to be a tough one for them. And away, an away game against an Ulster side is always difficult. I think our man might just have a little bit too much for Larry, but it, it promises to be a really interesting night for them. And it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of style of play Sure, Brennan implements to be changed as much from last year because he's still finding his feet at this level as well. You know, his first inter-county job. I think our man might just have a little, a little bit too much for loud but again I think it'll be tight enough but Armagh just to squeeze through by a couple of points Let's move to the ladies a great weekend last weekend on their first weekend out in the Ladies National Football League wins for Meath and Louth Meath accounting for Mayo and Louth Antrim now tomorrow on Sunday these two games are on Sunday and the uh, Meath Dublin mm. game is a huge game featured here on LMFM uh, what do you make of this one this is a tough uh, second match yeah, we talked about new managers or new management team in it loud uh, in the men's side, but of course both both the ladies teams have new management teams in as well. And Shane McCormick, from a Meath perspective, uh, got off to a really good start last week. That game was meant to be played in Ballina. It was moved to the Dome, which I think was a good move from everyone's point of view. Meath won it by six points. Emma Duggan kicked ten. Maeve uh, Byrne got two goals as well. So great stuff from her. So. I think last year was such a flat year for me. The, the, the management change didn't work out. Then Jenny Rislin came in as a caretaker kind of to see them through to the end of the year. Then they got Shane McCormick in. So the year seems to have started on a very positive note for them. And I know they've lost a few players between travelling and injuries and whatnot. And Neva Sullivan got married recently. We're not sure if she'll be back. But I know that squad were, were really hurting from, from last year. And I think they want to prove that there's still plenty left in the tank. And I suppose Vicky Wall, we should mention as well, not involved because of the rugby. So there has been a bit of a turnover there, but there's still plenty of talent in that Mead squad. And I think they'll be determined to, to prove that last year was uh, was a little bit of an off year for them and that they'll be looking to bounce back. So, as I said, they've the Dublin coming on Sunday. Dublin have, have been changing things around a little bit and experimenting a little bit. They lost against Kerry last weekend. So I think Mead on home soil... Um, I think they're just going to get the get the vote there on that one, Jerry. I think it'll be tight, but I'm going to give them give them the nod to get the win against Dublin. And Louth and Ross Common, a loud win. It's a tough one again on the road. The home team yeah. always has the advantage, I think. Yeah. No, no, no strangers to each other at this stage. Those two sides, of course, Ross Common beat Loud last year in that relegation game. But you know, Loud beating our beating Antrim last week on the road. It's a bit unfair on them having to go away again yes. seven days later. But that's the look of the draw. Um, but look, they, they went away last last week. Kira Woods got a crucial goal. Paul Hannan's the new manager in. So there's never never really a huge amount to choose between themselves and Roscommon. So I think Cloud can go over there and get the win. Um, you know, as I say, Roscommon beat down last week, so they'll be on a bit of, bit of a high as well. But I think Cloud are well capable of going over there and maybe getting a little bit of revenge for that defeat last year. Now let's uh, turn to soccer. And before we just get uh, a yes or no in terms of the FA Cup fixtures, two huge mm. news stories uh, breaking uh, very late in the morning. Jurgen Klopp, bye-bye to Liverpool, caught everybody by surprise. You know, Jerry, we're of a certain age where we can remember the biggest shock in terms of Liverpool managerial changes was um, back in around 91, wasn't it, when they drew 4 all with Everton in the FA Cup and Kenny Dalglish, I think, in the aftermath of that game, stepped down, they yes. lost... I think that was a re- I think that I think that was a replay. They lost the second replay one 0 I think it was. And Kenny Dalglish stepped down, and he was just burnt out because he had been through the Hillsborough thing and everything else. And he just said, he, you know, he was burnt out. He needed a break from it. And Jurgen Klopp, obviously, different circumstances. He hasn't had that tragedy to deal with, but he's been putting his heart and soul into that Liverpool uh, club for the last few years. In there since October 2015, so he's not a million miles away from ten years in the yeah. job, which is incredible. And it's 466 games. I was looking at it earlier on. He's the highest win percentage of any Liverpool manager in the last 50-odd years, 60.7%. He's been... He'll go down in history as, as maybe the greatest ever. It's, there's a bit of competition there, but he's going to be in the discussion. 
Um, a sad loss. You know, he can he can be a little bit snarky by times, but I really enjoy him. I think he's been brilliant for for English football. And he's been brilliant for Liverpool. And um, these things that these things generally tend to come out of the blue, don't they? Yeah. Because he wouldn't have wanted to announce. He wouldn't want to have announced that at the start of the season because we know what what can happen there. We saw it with Fergie when he initially announced the retirement. He changed his mind subsequently. But yeah, it's a it's a big shock. And I know a few Liverpool fans who are if they're not if they're not in tears, they're close to tears. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, there'll be a debate with you on the greatest ever. You couldn't pass Shankly in my book, the greatest ever. And all the others that won <laughs> leagues, they'll tell you, Clop won damn all leagues. But anyway, that's for mm, another day. Mm. Uh, Carsley, no to Ireland. Who's, just quickly, who is uh, the main man now? Who will the FAI turn to? Oh, I, I have no idea, Jerry, because all the eggs seem to be in that basket. Chris Hutton seem to be ruled out. Neil Lennon, probably. Mm. I don't know. It's mm. hard to say. It's very yeah, hard to it say. Is. I think it Lennon, is. He becomes a he becomes a live option now. But but yeah, it's very hard to know. And it, it's a bit unfortunate. It feels like they've been led a bit of a merry dance over this. I'm not really sure what's happened, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a disappointing one for sure <laughs> back, because back, it seemed like that was the one. Yeah, back to square one for the FAI. I wouldn't disagree with you. I think Neil Lennon is certainly in the picture now. Now, just we have a half a minute. Chelsea Villa. Mm, Villa. Spurs City. Spurs. Oh, Fulham Newcastle. <laughs> uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. West Brom Wolves. Wolves. Newport Man United. Come on, Newport. Come on, Newport! Come on! <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I don't really think so, but you never know. We can always dream. Ah, uh, yeah, we leave it at that for the day. The cup is on this weekend. The magic of the cup. David Jeaton, brilliant as usual. Talk to you next week. Thanks, Jerry. Take care. That's it on late lunch for another week. Thanks to your listeners for joining us every day. Our guests who uh, come here and chat to us by phone and in studio. To my producer, Louise Walsh, couldn't do it without her. Eddie Caffrey's on his way with the drive here on LMFM. Have a lovely weekend. We'll be back with Late Lunch Monday, 1.30. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.